Hello and welcome Ecos Investment Insights. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, David Lawler-Smith, joining us today. We're talking all about uh, Trump and what would happen if he gets back in, in terms of, uh, you know, we, we're going to run through sort of some of the odd stuff to start with, um, uh, but then what we're really going to jump into is uh, what what does it mean for investors and what, what are the different macro implications, what are some of the sectors that might make a difference and um, uh, yeah, and, and some of the, the things surrounding that. But we will sort of run through initially uh, some of the court cases, some of the odds and, and what, what you really should be watching. I think the key ones, there's obviously lots of noise going on and we'll talk about that. Um, and just a quick reminder though, everything you hear here is general in, in nature. It's not personal financial advice. If you do want personal financial advice, you can book in with a call with us or, or give, us a, uh, give us a call and uh, we can talk about your needs at that point in time. Um, yeah, so without any further ado, welcome, David. Thanks, Damo, and uh, it's nice to be described as special. Yes, that's right. Especially in the, in the, in the good way, it's special. Yes. <laughs> There's, um, we, uh, we have our uh, a slide up of, uh, of, of Donald Trump uh, on, on the Game of Thrones, you know, a.k.a. Joffrey, I think is, is, is meant to be the intent behind it. But... Um, you know, I think there's there's potential parallels there, but we might jump straight into um, uh, some of the betting odds. So, uh, you know, we've got this the betting odds showing up as forty five percent chance now. Uh, so it was twenty five percent for most of last year, and then uh, you know, come July ish, it's basically been been rising. And so, uh, you know, I think in terms of um, you get different different things coming from from polls, but I guess people who are putting their money where their mouth is, not to say they're all rational, but um, yeah, they're putting it down as a forty five percent chance. I know what your thoughts are, Dave, on on any of the polling stuff that we should be aware of. Well, the polls are uh, actually better than that. They favour actually better than that. They favour try it as of say, as not a lot as getting the game with those. But um, I would simply observe that at, at this point. Well, Point at a point this far out from the election, it's very easy to uh, flip flop around and, uh, and choose a candidate that that uh, captures your your uh, grievance of the day. So I don't think it's terribly indicative. Yeah, state. there's not a lot of uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, consequence to telling a pollster that you might vote for somebody who no. you're not quite sure about. Yeah. No. Yes. So, um, I mean. Uh, I guess it probably comes back to some of the legal cases, and I and I guess where I'm where I'm thinking from in terms of odds, uh, you, I think there's to me that it would seem that a a criminal conviction um, would trump one of the uh, so to speak a lot of the civil con convictions. So I so I guess the um, the view I'm sort of taking in terms of what are the odds that he gets in uh, are highly dependent upon getting getting a. Uh, uh, whether he gets a criminal conviction, it, particularly in some of the um, more key cases, or actually more importantly, I guess in some of the some of the some of the more uh, some some of the key cases. So I thought I'd run through some of the timeframes and just talk about uh, what the issues are from that perspective. So um, he has lost pretty much every case so far, um, and it's pretty clear his legal strategy is to run out the clock, is to basically delay um, these things as much as possible. Um, but the federal cases, he can he can get put on hold. Basically, if he gets to if he, if he gets through wins the election, he can then just uh, appoint an attorney general that could then decide to drop the cases. Well, uh, could is probably a 
too weak of a word. I think I, don't, I think that his first question for uh, any potential attorney general would be, "Will you drop the cases if you if ever appoint you?" And and anyone who says no will or or, or equivocate would would self disqualify themselves. So I think you will get an attorney general that that would drop it. Um, I, think, I think that would be in the ad in the New York Times. <laughs> the job in the job description. Yeah. Must be willing to drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, doesn't drop. Doesn't work for state cases, but. But the, the the two main state cases, look, the New York state case is going to be done. Um, I don't think there's hard to see how that could possibly not be done. And, and the Georgia case is probably not going to be done and, and might get put on hold anyway. And, and, and you know, the question's there. And then the next question is, you know, can he be president from jail? And and I'm going to fall back on, you know, I think we've used several times. Uh, you know, we, we used it last presidency was that, um, you know, from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, you know, a famous quote about, and we've got life imitating art where, you know, the, the president's job was not to wield power, but actually to draw attention away from it. Um, yeah, we used that quite a few times. And um, the next part of the quote that we didn't use was that, you know, on, on that criteria, the, the, the character they're talking about was one of the most successful presidents the galaxy had ever had. He'd already spent two of his 10 presidential years in, in prison for fraud. And um, that, you know, it could he could well be convicted in, in some of these cases and serving his time you know, under house arrest, so to speak, from the White House. Um, it's not uh, it, it's not self disqualifying. Uh, you know, the question is whether it's it's disqualifying from a uh, from the voters' point of view. Uh, I, I I think the civil cases so far. You know, he certainly lost a few civil cases. Um, it hasn't seemed to affect his popularity, and I'd probably argue he's actually using that as a as as more evidence that the swamp is trying to fight back, and and people need to. To fund him and and to uh, to support him harder, uh, Dave. What your thoughts are on the civil case losses? Whether that's going to affect anything? No, not really. I think the felony charges are the keywords. Yeah, and I I I only say that in terms of the swing boat. Like I know I know I think every charge he's convicted on for his his base um, makes him all the more appealing. <laughs> Um, for taking on the swamp, as it were, um, but but for the centrist boat or the swing boat, or I think you're getting into some pretty nasty territory with felony convictions. Yeah, it's a, it's a disinterested voter who isn't paying attention and sort of going, okay, he lost a few civil cases. Who cares? You know, these things happen. Maybe he's right. You know, he seems to be pretty. Yeah, he, he seems to be consistent in in talking about how it, how it's a conspiracy, all a conspiracy against him, but. Um, the uh, you know the, the yeah so so the other big one is the Fourteenth Amendment, which is basically a a disqualification. Um, so so if you have um, been in, in in an insurrection, you should be then disqualified from the ballot. And um, the uh, uh, I can say the Denver, not the not the Denver, it's the Colorado state. Um, yeah, voted to to take him off because of that. That's with the Supreme Court. Um, I think before I before it had been at the Supreme Court, I think most people were pretty split on how that was going to go, whether he would be pulled off the ballot or not. Um, it sort of seemed like a, a 50-50 proposition. Um, following the Supreme Court taking oral arguments, it looked pretty clear that, that they're going to leave him on. They were very much, uh, really didn't sort of go down the, the line too much about whether insurrections or not. It seemed very much around, their questions were very much around, um, uh, it seemed looking for ways that they could keep him on the ballot. So I think in terms of that, um, I'd be very surprised. I mean, that, that would certainly be one that, you know, would obviously, if he gets taken off the ballot, then, it, you know, then it is, he's obviously not going to be able to 
uh, be president, but that seems to be a slim um, a slim hope if that's what you're, you're hoping for at the moment. Uh, so yeah, so the four big court cases um, and where they're sort of standing at the moment. So the hush money case is the uh, the one that's that's going to get away. Um, that's already scheduled for for late in March. Uh, it's hard to see how that's going to. Um, it's hard to see how he can delay that any any further. I think there's uh, it's you know he's had he's had his shot. Um, all a lot of the other delay tactics he's using um, won't work on this one. It's probably a pretty quick trial, um, six weeks ish. Uh, the the big issue is with this one is there's the criminal charges are, are a little bit more tenuous, so it's pretty open and shut in terms of whether he did what they said he did. Um, the the question then is, does that equate to to criminal charges, or or is that just um, or is it more just like a fine? And um, so that that's where you know I think this one's pretty weak, and it's probably the least damaging elect- electorally. Or well, you know, having said that, you know, if you had to send to somebody five years ago that, that a, a presidential candidate, or sorry, maybe ten years ago, that a presidential candidate would be up um, for uh, uh, on a criminal criminal trial criminal trial for um, uh, hush money payments to a porn star, um, you would have said, well, that that is self disqualifying. And then probably in any other country and, and almost any other politician that would be the case. But um, you know, I, I think even a conviction on that 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 hush money case, um, yeah, it's probably unlikely to to make a huge dent in his popularity. Um, you would think. Um, so there's that one. Then you have the Mar-a-Lago documents. So that's scheduled for May, but that's unlikely. There's already been a lot of delay in that. Um, look, most other people who've done similarly uh similar things to what he's done have have gone to jail and and for a couple of years uh but you know the whole presidential thing um seems a little bit you know but potentially puts a, a little bit of more uncertainty into whether they get jail time or not the case itself seems pretty open and shut but there is a judge who's amenable and some people would suggest even encouraging to to to, to trump running out the clock uh she's been reversed twice for decisions favoring trump um, but I guess what she's learned from that is to, to avoid rulings. And so everything she's been doing have sort of been these paperless orders, which are, which are much harder to, um, to reverse. And there's lots of sort of delay in, uh, the whole process. So, you know, how, how long could this case go for? I think if you had a judge who was, um, so minded, you could probably get it all done in six weeks and wrapped up. Um, I think if you had a, a judge who was uh, willing to to take on sort of delay, then then maybe six months. So I think there's, um, yeah, I, I think from the Trump perspective, they're basically going. There's millions and millions of documents we're talking about. We need to go through each one of these documents and and you know dispute each one of them individually, um, and, and so drag the case out for as long as possible. And you know, a, a different judge would probably go, no, it doesn't really, you know, the, the fact whether they're they're classified or not, um, you know, whether it's whether it's a thousand documents or it's or nine hundred and fifty documents, you know, is is a little bit beside the point. It it comes down to yeah, was there a a, a significant amount of, of of ones? And so so again, um, that that one though, you know, they they quite possible. Um, there's actually a couple of things at the moment where the judges made some rulings which could um result in her getting taken off um if she doesn't reverse. So that's sort of she's already had two strikes. Um, a third strike would would be a reasonable chance of her getting taken off that case. So really that's the thing to watch for in that case is that 
Um, do you get a change of judge? If you don't, then they'll probably run the clock out. I, I would think on that case. Um, and the other thing is, it probably not that damaging electorally. I mean, I think if there's a if they end up with jail time and and you know uh, and, and there was sort of a lot more, you, I, I can see where a case where where it would be damaging. Um, but uh, in terms of saying, look, state secrets, how much how dangerous it was, and all that type of stuff. But um, uh, there's also there's also scenarios where. You could see it's just like, oh, well, you know, it was just taking papers home. Everyone does it. It was all a bit of an accident and, and maybe the casual voter doesn't ever notice. Um, Dave, I don't know what your thoughts on the, on the documents case, if that if that went through, whether that would be politically damaging or not. Look, I mean, the, the Republicans are doing such a great job of a, a sort of moral equivalence in the media, even though it's largely balderdash that it probably doesn't hold a lot of water for politically yeah um i still think that tax ruling is probably the big one the which one's right the tax ruling oh okay in terms of yeah well well let's let's do the let's do the two let's do other big criminal ones so the um the two election interference cases so we've got this georgian one so it's a state election uh so it's scheduled to start august um but even if it does start in august this is a long case this is a rico case They've got 18 defendants. Um, it's going to run for uh, like they're not even suggesting that it'll be all done by the election. Um, yeah, that's this is six months. You know, quite possibly longer. Yeah, it could be 12 months. Um, you know, can the case itself be delayed? We'll we spent the last week or two in this sort of salacious sex scandal that's been going on. Um, the judge, uh, who's been pretty decent, um, or relatively impartial, but he is running for election. He's a Republican judge. Um, so he's probably going to at least defer to to being um, as open to, um, uh, I guess, suggestions from from the defendants. Um, you know, there's there's 18 different lawyers, or, or and and so they can all ask questions and they can all delay. Um, and, and maybe this improper relationship, um, which seems relatively trivial to to most, um, I guess, uh, more independent um, advise uh, you know observers, but but maybe that. Um, there is a certainly a case that um, even just the appearance of something improper can be enough to get people removed, even if it's like, well, this wasn't improper, but there's an appearance of it. Um, and and that would definitely torpedo the case if they took off the main um, DA there. It could, it could drop the case. Um, you know, best case, it's going to get delayed anyway for three or six months um, while you got somebody new on there. So, um, so yeah, so that, that one's... It's not going to happen before the election. That's not that's that's not coming. I mean, one of the issues is it is very damaging though. Um, he can't be pardoned, so he can't pardon himself. Uh, the the state based pardons uh, are based on pardons for people who have been in jail for some period of time. Um, so so really, you know, it is one where uh, if the case starts and then he gets voted as president, are they going to keep going? And then he's just going to um, govern from jail, or, or will they delay it? Will they stop it until till He's not president anymore. Yeah, lots of questions, but but it's probably not going to, uh, um, yeah, probably not going to make a, a huge difference um, unless, uh, you know, except from the, the the view, I guess, of um, sorry. So the one big thing with that with that case is it is televised. So um, you know what's been quite good for Trump, um, I think, in terms of or how he certainly used a lot of these civil ones is he's been in the case in the in the court case not saying much or being chastised by judges, but then stepping out on onto the steps of the courthouse 
and and using it as a as a campaign stump speech, you know, and 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 railing about all the injustices, and that's been very beneficial for him. Um, yeah, the 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 one bad thing with the the Georgian one is uh, it would all be on display and it all televised, and um, so and so you know when when you're on the stand, you can't go into those rants and you can't you can't you know it's fine to lie on on the on the trail, but but you can't lie on the stand, and so um, yeah, there's sort of that that could be potentially some damage, but I don't. But again, I don't think that's really the uh, the case. The key one for me is this: the federal election one. So that's on hold at the moment uh, with the Supreme Court. There's a sort of uh, there's basically Trump has claimed that um, he can do whatever he want wants as because he because he was president and he could you know part of the 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 case to the Supreme Court to the to the uh, appellate court below this was that. Um, CLT, he could order seal team six to um to to assassinate a, a political rival and unless he got impeached um by the by the senate and, and the um and the house then he's fine he's you know he's, he's allowed to do that so it seems a, a relatively ridiculous argument um supreme court would would likely uh smash it down it did get smashed down by the prior uh every every prior court um the key thing is though it's it's the uh, what the Supreme Court does is critical to this case. So they've got a, they've got three different choices. One is they could um, they could just decide not to take it at all, and, and then the the prior one would go, and then the case is off and running, and and this case would be would be done before uh, um, you know before the election, and and quite likely uh, well you know re- pretty reasonable chance given all the prior um, all the prior cases that, that he gets found um, guilty. Um, the uh, so that's number one. The second thing is they could take on the case but not delay it. So they could just say, yes, we're going to take it on, but but um, the case can keep going. We'll, we'll do our stuff in the background, and and um, and you know the case can keep going. And so that again is not going to delay the case. The real key thing they could do though is they could take it on as a as a case, and that could take a couple of months. So basically, if they this case itself is probably going to take three or four months to go. So. Um, it's the most damaging. It's a federal case. It's conspiracy to defraud the US. Um, all of the Jan Six people are getting jail sentences. It's pretty hard to come up with a reason why he wouldn't get a jail sentence for it. Um, it's definitely the most damaging in terms of the the swing voters. Um, but you know, if you're the prosecution, um, if you got get it to the Supreme Court for them to go through this ruling, they take a couple of months. You know, the best case there is is maybe a uh, sort of uh, Late May, oh sorry, this is yeah. For the prosecution is is they 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 the Supreme Court doesn't take it on. Sorry, um, that means you can get a late May, early June trial start, and then you're all done by September. You know, guilty and 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 you know jail time and maybe there's appeals and stuff. But but you know he's found guilty and 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 uh, you know on the way to jail. You know, ex ex the appeals. Um, for Trump, the the best case is the Supreme Court could delay this till until June themselves, just in terms of getting an answer back. Then the trial itself couldn't start until October, November. Then there's questions about whether um, they would even start a trial, um, given that's right in the middle of the whole election. So, um, yeah, so if the Supreme Court um, decides to take it on and delay state what's called stay of the proceedings, which and, and this decision is coming out any minute, um, then that is the sort of key focus on this whole. Um, uh, yeah, that's the key thing to watch for. So that's your. You know that that's the most damaging. That get that gets up, um, then um, uh, yeah, then then you got the question about um, what's going to happen. 
So anyway, so that's that's the sort of the the summary of the elections. We might go to a quick message. That's why John Oliver's trying to raise a million dollars to get Clarence Thomas to resign. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's an interesting look at the whole. Um, uh, I won't go too deep into that, but yeah, I think the, the summary version of that is that uh, Clarence Thomas has been. Um, taking a lot of, well, sorry, first of all, uh, a, few, a number of years ago, he sort of went relatively publicly to talk about how ju justices aren't paid what they should be paid and and maybe he should just step down off the court. And and in response, um, he found a, a number of quite wealthy friends who who seemed to like to give him gifts and, and loans and and take him on holidays that um, that others might not, might consider to be um, uh, uh, not, not above board. I mean, he's a super conservative. Yeah, yeah, so definitely, yeah. So, uh, well, the, the Supreme Court, um, you're probably going to get two or three votes in one direction. Um, you're definitely getting two or three votes in one direction. You're definitely getting two or three votes in the other direction. Who knows where they, they end up, the, 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 the more centralist people. And and look, you know, it's, it's definitely a conservative-facing jury. So, so it's facing court, sorry. So, so yeah. It is, um, uh, yeah, it's... I would say the odds are 50 50. Basically, looking at, you know, you can read a bunch of people who say, oh, I don't know, there's, you know, you pick your sides. But I think this one, I, I think the case, the deaths of him getting convicted is extremely high if it goes ahead. But I do think the Supreme Court decision is a 50 50 as to whether they um, delay the whole proceedings. I mean, I would only add that I think, I think the New York conviction on tax is, is not meaningless. Well, every, every 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 conviction that comes makes a difference. It does, yeah. Uh, but it's a big number, the fine, and and he and and his sons are banned from doing business. And so, like, once again, swing voters, you know, who are who are intrinsically distrusting, anyway, uh, I'm gonna say this is sort of gangsterism. So, I you know, I think that is. A material blow, even if we don't get these other cases there, yeah. I think there has been some damage done by the lawfare. Yes, yeah, and and you know, there's a there's a. I was going to put up the quote actually. I didn't I didn't actually have time to do it before this morning. But there's a there's a good quote from from one of his lawyers in the Eugene Carroll the the defamation case, where she's asked on a um on a podcast whether she'd been preferred whether it's better to be smart or pretty, and she came back and said, Oh no, no I take pretty every time. Um, yeah, you can fake being smart, and then um, and it's it's a good microcosm for the whole Trump campaign. Um, but but you know, I think then the uh, the decision of whatever it was eighty million dollars, you know, against them probably shows that well, maybe maybe you can't fake being smart. Maybe there's <laughs> you can fake being smart in the uh, in the in the court of public opinion, but yeah. it's much harder in court to uh, actual court to no. make being smart. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, and each one of them does make a difference. But anyway, let's go to a quick message and we'll, we'll come back with some of, um, some more of the uh, investment implications. We'll be back with the investment insights very shortly. Nucleus Wealth is an active and passive investment manager. If you like what you're hearing and want some help with the investing, we can do it for you via our active portfolios. Our tactical and core portfolios use the insights shared in this podcast to construct and manage your investments. We blend tactical portfolios to offer our combinations of international shares, Australian shares, government bonds, and cash. We vary the asset allocation with the goal of protecting your capital in times of market uncertainty. 
We also have active international and Australian share portfolios. These are chosen using our quality and value investment philosophy. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to the show. Oh, damn Oh, yeah, actually, sorry, Buff. Before we get into the investment side, I probably just should quickly note, uh, you know, what what the election issues really are going to be. So, um, uh, abortion's a big one, um, and and probably and mostly because there's not mostly, but you know, just to just to sort of add one more factor to this, that's been a, that's been a big factor in most of the the recent um, uh, races that have been happening. And just this morning, um, we had a ruling from the Alabama Supreme Court that um, somebody who basically dropped some um, some uh, IVF um, frozen uh, embryos that have been fertilized is now um, I can't remember the exact word for it, but it's basically up for manslaughter. Effectively, is about saying you've killed a, you've killed a child because you you dropped these things, and so and that's sort of thrown. Um, yeah, there's just I guess one more example of, of of the unintended consequences of some of the abortion laws, and that's going to be a, a pretty front and center in a lot of states um, for things like that. And there's been a lot of there's been a number of um, you know people with um, quite serious medical issues who who are now starting to to run through that problem where there's quite serious medical issues they're going to course to try and get abortions and can't get them, and that I think is going to be highly damaging and you know a big election issue. Um, on the flip side, border security is is also going to be one, and and you know whether there's you know I think from the obviously the the Republicans said they wanted border security, they got a um, they pretty much got what they wanted, and then they decided actually no they didn't want that because uh, because then they can't run with it at the election so. Uh, relatively cynical, but you know this is uh, this is what is what elections are about. Um, there's the age side for both of them, um, both candidates, but but yeah, that probably plays more against um, uh, Biden than uh, than Trump. Although you know, I think in in the absence of Biden, it, it would certainly be a be a big negative on Trump. It's certainly developing as a problem for Biden. It is, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he's um. His press conference to well, so so for anyone who's not watching, you know, so so the um, one of the reports into him about his documents, um, you know, came came back relatively scathing about his mental capacity. Well, certainly threw out a few lines about his mental capacity, um, to which he threw a press conference to um, to to show that he was mentally fit and and probably set himself further back than than, than forward. So um, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's, and there is questions about whether he's being hidden away by his minders and all that type of stuff like that. So yeah, so it's definitely the case there. And we'll, we'll, we'll jump on to a minute about replacements. Um, there's a whole corruption and fitness. So uh, the Republicans have done a pretty good job. I would have thought of running a a pretty um, pretty convincing campaign against the Bidens for corruption when quite uh, you know, from a, from a more centralist person might think that the corruption cases against Trump are, are far stronger. <laughs> but um, and it'll be interesting to see whether that breaks down. Uh, the, 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 their key witness uh, came out in the last couple of days and, and has been clearly, um, he's now being, the, the key witness into the corruption is uh, is being um, prosecuted for lying and it's uh, the, the government's basically saying he's a Russian agent. And so it looks like, you know, the whole Republican Party's, uh, not the whole case, but, you know, a large part of the case was, was based upon Russian disinformation um, which you would think would be self-disqualifying, but um, it looks like you know the initial signs are that the Rep- Republicans are going to brazen it out, and so you know, and, and I think that's probably where it comes down to, um, you know, in the end they're trying to get to a none, none of the above situation, where where effectively, you know, people looking at this going, there's so much corruption allegations on on either side, you know, whether they're right or wrong, that 
uh, and, and the problems about age and all this stuff like that, that, that whether you can just scare away a lot of voters from voting about from just going, well, no one looks good, so I'm just not even going to vote. And I think that probably plays into um, Trump's hands in terms of saying he's probably got the more rabid voters. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that's probably the, what they're looking at. I think the, 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 the messier the, the election is, I think, and, and the more that people get into that none of the above, um, it's probably better better for Trump rather than for Biden. No, Dave, any, any other thoughts on election issues that might rear its head? No, well, I mean, there's China there, which is probably going to play a little for Trump, given his his uh, declaration of, of large tariffs. And uh, that's not to say that that Biden has been anything other than hard on China. Probably, in fact, he's probably been harder on China than than Trump ever was. Mm. And part of the the um, sustained strength of the US economy, a big part of it, has been the various fiscal packages he put through that it, that crowded in manufacturing investment. Yeah. Um, so supply chains coming out of China and going back into the US. And so, I mean, if they've got someone to prosecute the arguments, that should be fine. Um, but Trump is sort of playing with a nuclear option on, on China with this 60%, you know, wall-to-wall tariff. Yeah. Uh, which, and Biden, meanwhile, is kind of behind the scenes, engaged in something of a, a, a detente with China. So, but yeah, maybe it ends up being a one-upmanship once you get a bit closer to the election. Probably. I mean, uh, Biden has certainly been tough enough on China that, that, that they could roll out the stuff they've done and uh, and see and see that off, I would think, yes. Now, um, the question a lot of people ask is replacements. So, you know, what's what's the process and all that? Uh, you know, there's lots of different ways you can look at this. I think I think the really quick version of it, though, is that um, it's likely from Biden's perspective, he does want to go through, even if he was thinking about quitting um, and, and handing the reins over to somebody else, that he would actually see the process out through through to getting the, the, the delegates. Um, and then when they go to the convention um, to actually vote, is that, at that point, um, he would he would then you know bless his 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 uh, or anoint his successor and and with a view that his delegates would then mostly vote for that for that person and 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 through you'd go. Um, there's a bunch of different names that could be. It's it's pretty uncertain. Um, I would guess probably well sorry the, the the polling stuff would say Gavin Newsom's probably the most likely if he decided to step back, which is the uh, he's the governor for for California. Um, uh, Kamala Harris, the uh, VP, doesn't seem to be a uh, um, non starter there. Yeah, doesn't seem to be a popular one. Uh, Michelle Obama gets a bit of a uh, note from, from, she's probably one of the, the higher ones. It's very unclear as to whether she's even interested, but, you know, it's a uh, completely left field. And then there's a bunch of other people who are sort of um, you know, further back and, and potentially could come from somewhere. So, and and that might be, um, you know, that, that could be. Um, that could flip Trump away from it, uh, and then the other, and then on the Republican side is um, Nikki Haley. Um, you know, still in the contest, and you know, probably probably going to hang around with a view that well, if he gets convicted, then uh, then maybe she'll end up being the uh, the uh, the person there. Um, and you would think that if if either one of them flipped um, candidates, that probably puts um, that that party into the into the front into the lead for uh, 
from from an expectation of whether they're going to get get through. I think both both candidates seem to be pretty uh, pretty poorly thought of. It's sort of a question of who do you who do you like um, the least? You know, yeah, well, a highly Newsom election would would be very difficult to call. Yes, I'd be tempted to go with the uh, Republicans on that. So um, we'll go to one more message and then we'll jump back into uh, the investment implications. We'll be back again shortly. If you like what you're hearing but want a low-cost passive option, Nucleus Wealth has a first to offer passive direct indexing in Australia. The first generation of passive investing was index funds. The next gen was ETFs. Now direct indexing is here with significantly more customization and control. The benefit of direct indexing is you can add or subtract investment themes and we have almost 100 different options to choose from. For example, you could buy an international share direct index portfolio that excludes fossil fuels and arms manufacturers and has a tilt towards cybersecurity and cloud computing. Alternatively, you could buy a portfolio with no screens and an extra exposure to nuclear power and defense contractors. You can find out more at nucleuswealth.com. Now back to the show. Right, so onto the uh, macro implications first, and then we'll talk about some of the sectors. Uh, so, I mean, I think the, the key thing, though, uh, I guess a lot of this depends upon is what the um, is the control side. So, you know, at the moment we've got this split house, split Senate, um, and that's quite potentially where we'd end up as well at the at the end of it. I mean, I think I think given um, you know you know based on polls, you have. A little bit to Trump, a little bit to to, to Biden. I think there's, uh, I think if he did a, it's highly likely that Trump would lose, even if he does win, that he would lose a popular vote again. Um, and so, you know, the question would be, um, you know, would they gain back control of the Senate, and or and you know, or would they would they potentially even lose the control of the House, but Trump get in, and that's that's highly possible as well. So you know, in terms of the split, is that we can limit a lot about what he can do. But there is, there's this, you know, so so some of these will depend upon whether he gets sort of, you know, picks up picks up both or not. So, um, but yeah, let's lead across. I might throw across to you first, Dave. Some of your thoughts on um, what are the uh, what are some of the key things that might be key macro implications? So, if um, if El Trumpo get does get in, uh, which I I don't think batting markets have got it about right at the moment. That he's you know sort of forty five percent odds, um, so it's not the base case, but it's very high risk case. But uh, the obvious conclusion to draw is that he's quite inflationary um, with uh, more tax cuts uh, to stimulate growth and this this wall to wall sixty percent tariff on Chinese goods. Uh, which, uh, you know, uh, adds immediate prices to to everything, and especially at the low end, um, where you're, you know, you're dealing with Walmart, which is run, you know, almost entirely on Chinese goods, and so uh, you you potentially see quite an uplift in inflation if he gets in relatively quickly, but it is. Oh, and there is a second dimension to that inflationary pop, which is, uh, you know, the the border issue. If if the the administration does follow through on prosecuting a stronger border with Mexico and preventing the the entrance of illegal workers, 
uh, wall or not, then, uh, you know, you, the U.S. still has a relatively tight labor market. It's, it's clearly balancing over time, but in part that's because so many millions of Mexican workers have, have returned to the U.S. to fill its post-COVID labor gap because they had so many retirements. Uh, and so um, if Trump were to go hard on the border and, and that has multiple dimensions in itself, like you can shut the border, but you can also explore a lot of current illegal workers, excuse me, and so potentially that's quite quite inflationary for wages. The question uh, I guess I've got on that though as well is, will he just sort of pull a John Howard trick, which is, uh, you know... Well, uh, yeah, the bait and switch. And that's the big if, which is why I characterize as, as an if, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of business interests that may be interested in trying for tax cuts. That would, Sorry, I should define that for people, be... just to make sure that we understand what we're talking about. So so that's the idea that you you, you build your wall and you, you, you prosecute a bunch of people and you separate some kids from their parents and do, do some, some nasty things to sort of make it seem like you're doing lots, but then you turn around and, and let it be able to you. Yeah, fly everybody over it like exactly yeah, yeah, yeah so it's look i think that's quite a likely outcome uh uh you know like these these people you know are pretty populist and and um and unscrupulous so um but at least on face value these things are inflationary um there is a secondary issue here with the china with the mexican border which is um the chinese economy is sinking and there is no sign that it's going to stop sinking. Um, and when I say sinking, it's it's well disguised by some some GDP manipulation, and they'll meet their targets and what have you. But the fact of the matter is, they're they've got massive oversupply in all sorts of critical sectors, and they're building more. Um, uh, in particular, I'm talking about the property bust, and which is weighing on demand, whilst they build yet more and yet more manufacturing to service uh, a, a consumption base that is shrinking because so much of its wealth is contracting in property. And their only way out, as long as they sustain the current policy settings, is to export the crap out of their, their oversupply. Now, at the moment, they're doing a lot of this via Mexico into America. So if you look at a chart where uh, um, between... You know, these three powers, um, Mexico, U.S. and China, Chinese in, in exports into the U.S. have collapsed at a phenomenal pace um, and Mexican exports into the U.S. have risen at a phenomenal pace. And so and Mexican imports from China have risen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And so there's all sorts of weirdness going on in there where they're, they're getting around the various tariffs and rules and things like that. So... Uh, that that is an extra complication in the Mexican border issue, uh, which would be difficult to resolve. And so, but it may mitigate against, you know, an inflation pop coming out of tariffs. If all it ends up doing is diverting, um, you know, the the uh, the supply chain of trade rather than actually changing it. Yeah. So you make you make everything in China still you. You ship it to Mexico where they slap a sticker on it and some paint, and, and now it's Mexico loot. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, and off it goes. Um, 
But that said, I mean, some of the policies are quite severe, and certainly the Biden administration, I think, has done a very good job on repatriating supply chains in, in a number of its large fiscal packages. I don't think the uh, the Trump administration has the same intellectual heft, uh, and so would probably kill that just out of spite uh, and do some stupid shit, which would mean diversion to Mexico instead. So it'd probably be more positive on China than than the sixty percent tariff suggests. Uh, where, uh, whereas Biden's actually quite uh, by, uh, well, the Democrats at least have been actually been quite smart in their fiscal incentives. Um, uh, so moving, sorry, uh, broadening the canvas, if you like. Um, but Europe is a real concern if Trump gets in. Um, some of his comments, look, I know Europe is used to this, but some of his comments on Europe and NATO have been downright terrifying. Um, you know, this, 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 these recent comments uh, about in, not exactly encouraging Putin to take over European countries if they're not prepared to pay for, for, for the NATO protection. Yes. Um, it wasn't quite that, but that was the direct implication. And I mean, that's really... Um, look, that's uh, hysterical statements, really. Uh, and then, and, and diplomacy is a is a business of uh, radical understatement and quiet movements under the surface. And you, when you start making declarations of that nature, it's going to it's going to it's going to upset a lot of people. It's going to upset a lot of relationships and. So that, I think, is a real concern. Uh, obviously, Trump's determined to withdraw from Ukrainian support. That's that's an additional severe blow to NATO and Europe. And so if he were to follow through on that stuff, and he may not, it may just be a simple case of um, Europe having to cough up, you know, a billion dollars here or there or, you know, like start playing more more golf or directing more... more uh, it was more Trump Towers, European Union people to stay in Trump hotels. That that might be enough just to placate Trump and keep NATO, NATO intact. Um, but but if he does dis- disable NATO in some way, then um, that raises the prospect of Russian advancements into Ukraine right into the European sphere of influence and uh, Europe responding with an arms race. Uh, which would include nuclear, because uh, they could no longer trust the American Europe uh, uh, nuclear umbrella, uh, uh, and that all gets really, really uh, well. That, that and that we just hope doesn't happen. Yeah. So I mean, so, so I guess the the the, the broad brushes though is that Putin hasn't covered himself in glory in the Ukraine and shown that there's, there's some military juggernaut that's going to roll right through Europe, but. Um, it's more that yeah, okay. If he if he gets to Ukraine, it's probably going to be long and bloody still, and going to cost him a lot. But but much more likely, if Ukraine's not getting getting weapons from the US. Um, but the flip side then is Europe needs to turn around and go. The rest of Europe goes right. Well, we need to be prepared for Putin to catch his breath before he does try for something else. And so and we can't trust the US. And so you end up with this arms race of. That's right. And not that I think Putin would move further. He probably wouldn't. Like if he managed to recapture. You know, um, let's just call it, without being specific, the lion's share of Ukraine. He probably feel he has sufficient buffer zone not to push it further. But 
Well, there's probably a few, but there might be some Belarus or well, Romania or something like that. Look, there are a few things that might get tempting, but uh, I don't know that that that's another more dramatic step. And so, uh, but but it's certainly the case that that Europe uh, would have to prepare for that prospect. And so that's that's an arms race in Europe, which uh, you you never want to see. Every time we've seen one of those, it's ended really, really badly for all of humanity. Yeah. Well, and, and the flip side of it as well, though, is is that um, just from a purely investment and economic sense, is that when um, it's it's good for some companies involved when when somebody says, "Yes, I need to increase my, I'm going to spend another one percent of GDP on buying um, weapons," but um, that's not a lot of. There's not a lot of benefit for society in terms of that, and and other other. You're taking away from from you're basically taxing people more to or or, or borrowing more in order to do that. So, well, and, and for that reason, it tends to be deflationary. You're not, uh, sorry, inflationary. You're not getting efficient allocation of resources. You're yes, state-forced uh, um, crowding of capital into weapons over other more useful yeah. uses. Yeah. Uh, and so that can be quite inflationary. So, I, I mean, we just hope that doesn't happen. I hope NATO holds together. Um, <clears throat> I mean, further deterioration in Chinese relationships, I mean, I think that's a given probably, but as, we st- as we've discussed, you know, that could could be worse on the surface than it is underneath. So I think it would if, if the Dems are uh, kept in power it's really interesting. I think diplomatically things would be better with China, but economically they'd be far worse for China. Mm. And it would be the reverse under Trump. You'd have very fractious diplomatic relations, but they might actually be better off economically. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and as well, maybe you know, it's possible that China's learnt from last time and they, they need to spend more at Trump hotels this time. It's a... Well... They certainly spent plenty last time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it went right up to just double and triple. Yeah, yes. that's right. I, I, I sort of feel they they are morally flexible enough to decide that. Whereas Europe, whereas Europe's like, okay, no, no, we're not going to bribe Trump to 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 get better relationships with him. Um, yeah, we'll do this above yeah. board. Whereas China, you would think, would be more than happy to um to say, well, it's going to cost me a few billion dollars in order to save my economy, hundreds of billions. You know that's that's a good investment. I mean that's that's a good jumping off point for the next the next implication, which is you know Trump's been very open about his desire for revenge yes. upon the swamp, as it were. Not that I'm saying the swamp doesn't exist, but uh, you know, and so he will appoint all sorts of nutbags to every keep it position. Uh, and and then you know you'll have pushback from from Capitol Hill, and so goodness only knows where that would end up. I mean, you'll have a bunch of fruitcakes running really key U.S. strategic, economic, domestic positions doing try to do wacky stuff, and then you'll have pushback from courts. And yeah, well, and, and depending on the mix of the, in the House and Senate, it is like all sorts of uh, like deadlock. <laughs> yes, that, that that could be really chaotic and probably will be. And, and I think as well the um, 
uh, the, the quality of the people, or sorry, the the the, the competent. Let's just say the the experience of the people who would be in his administration would be far less than what it was last time around. Given given the yeah. what's happened to most of the people who most of the competent people who were in his prior administration, and so you're going to end up with a lot more like his lawyer who would far rather be pretty than smart. And, and I think he will pick people who based on, you know, how well they come across on TV. And, you know, the last time his economic advisor was effectively a, uh, you know, a TV personality. And I think, um, you'll get a lot more of those who will sound really good on Fox news or, or whatever it is about what their, their talking points are, but, um, won't, probably won't be able to put together the, um, the legal basis and, and we'll just end up doing stuff because that's what it sounded good. And I thought we could, because we're, we're in charge and end up being challenged a lot in courts over that. Yeah. So, um, he goes, he goes Trump. Yes. Yeah. And that goes one or two ways is that, um, yeah, you under, end up with a complete breakdown of American society where, you know, he calls the military into over the rural courts or, um, or you just end up with a deadlock and, and, you know, the, they keep trying to do stuff and then keep getting stymied by the courts, which was a fair chunk of his prior administration was filled with a lot of that was Trump, you know, unilaterally saying this is what he's doing and then being stopped by the courts and, and having to remove yeah. Um, so. Yes. Well, I suppose the, the, the rather unfortunate end point of all that is some form of civil conflict. I know what I call it civil war. I don't know if we're there yet, but, but, uh, certainly, um, some, some internecine, U.S. conflict that is uh, very distracting in terms of its uh, role in the world. So, yeah, um, that 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 could be quite destabilizing for everybody if if we get there. Um, energy prices probably lower uh, um, on on uh, you know remote. drill baby drill drill baby drill take. Take the domestic reservations of LNG. Well, and, and the other thing is, I mean, the, the thing that is interesting for me, especially when you look at these, so this this LNG um, reservation stuff that, that Biden's been talking about, that's smoke. That's, there's nothing behind that. That's, that's um, they're already doubling their capacity and more over the next few years. Like that's well, it doesn't, well, it doesn't even, well, I mean, it's not entirely smoke. Like they're, they're not going to assess new applications. Yeah, it's all being. But they're, but, they're the but they're not. They are lo- locked into massive expansion. Yeah, in the next years. That's right. Because the, 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 they're only the, the largest. They're the largest. The thing is, the lead, the lead time on it. But the lead time on these projects is that long. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, if I mean, by the way, I should say I completely agree with the policy. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, what? What? If you if you if you take one glance at Australian East Coast, then you would never like just you open slather to LNG exports ever again to anywhere, yeah. and and the US has actually been very liberal in the volume of uh, LNG exports that they've enabled. So um, that looks like a very sensible decision to me. And but you're right, it's lightweight and be easily. And then and then the ban he's gone on federal lands. Most of the drilling doesn't get done on federal lands. No, it's, it's a very wide slice. I, I think it's, it's, it's eight or something. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not, not this, a lot. This is like, um, this is all for show. This is like, look at my green credentials. Check out this. I've banned this. I've banned that. And the flip side is, it hasn't changed hardly anything. And so you and know, Trump, we, Trump will and, reverse and, it. And and I've said repeatedly for weeks is in these things that are, 
you know, are, are apparently very, very green, very large policies, which if you look under the bonnet are really just national interest policies with a little bit of greenwashing. Painted green, yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, where I think the energy price is probably lower is probably more that um, uh, Russia is probably going to be allowed to do a bit more with its oil. Yes. Yeah, so maybe not with Europe, but, you know, whatever it is amongst the US. Well, why would that be? Well, so, uh, oh, sorry? Why would that be? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so, so while it might be, it might sound good for it to say, oh, look, um, yeah, this will be great for energy companies. I'm not as sure it's actually great for energy companies. Yeah, you might be able to do a bit more drilling and everything, but if your if oil prices are ten dollars lower, then the net effect of you being able to drill, you know, even ten or twenty percent more versus ten dollar lower oil prices, you don't want that. You prefer to have higher energy prices and, and and have less. So yeah, yeah. I mean, renewables. I think we're well, we're way past the point, tipping point for the economics there. That mm, yeah, it made it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. You, you, I think we actually, we actually have intensifying competition now, thanks to by the Biden administration between China and U.S. production of yeah green energy, and so that's only going to get more deflationary. Yeah, China's not going to let up. Like if the U.S. said, "Oh, that's it. We're going to whatever. We're going to remove all these subsidies, and we're going to start taxing people, start pack, taxing batteries and solar panels for whatever reason." Um, yeah. yeah, okay, it's going to delay the U.S. and slow them down. But China's going full tilt. They'll just use that as a, as a as an opportunity to get you know go from ninety percent market share to ninety five percent market share, and, oh, and you think that and Europe will go harder, and so yeah, so so yeah. renewables, yeah, it's not so, it's, Australia's putting that journey back in the bottle. Yeah. Australia's long virgin energy superpowerdom, uh, you know, has pretty much been squashed by two energy superpowers. Well, and Australia is a great example, though, of where, you know, we had um, a number of liberal governments who were um, very, you know, basically as anti as you can be in a in a liberal democracy against um, renewable power and sort of favorable towards, um, you know, fossil power interests. Um, yeah. And we're the world's largest supplier of solar power to the, to the, to the grid, you know, with, with Australia is like. You know, penetration rates of solar above all these other countries in the meantime. So, so right through that whole period where we had a government, you know, more opposed than most other governments to, to this thing, you know, Australia went left to the front. And I think that's the case within, and I guess what I'm saying is I think I think that's where the rest of the world's getting to now anyway, is that, um, you know, Australia's got better solar resources and so we're, we're, we're further in front. But well, I think, I think the last thing there is, I think the last thing there is that carbon prices work. Well, on economic, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have a, a public carbon price, but as you say, the sequence of liberal governments yeah. was so easy on on uh, fossil fuel producers. Yes, they profiteered and created a private carbon tax, so that the the entire household se- sector said, "Fuck you, we're going on yeah. going on grid." Yeah. So, so what what David's saying by that is basically we let these guys we rather than having if we had two and three dollar uh, per gigajoule um, prices for for gas, like we did before we we opened up to to global competition, or like they have in the US, that the incentive to to go to solar and all these renewables wouldn't have been there. But no. we basically let these let the the gas companies pop their prices up to ten, twelve dollars plus. Seventy. Then that yeah, well seventy in in the Ukraine war, which then means all all of a sudden all this uh, renewable stuff is 
it's like a carbon tax, exactly like a carbon tax, except to you, um, rather than paying it to the government, you're just paying it to private companies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so everyone went off grid. Yeah. And still, it still is, including me. Yes. Um, Defence contractors. So, um, sorry, we're, we're, we're renewable. Let's talk about some sector implications. So, yeah, so renewables really probably doesn't really matter. That. No, I don't think that matters. But in fact, yeah. uh, well, I mean, profitability and margins are probably an issue, but in terms of rollout, I don't think we've got a problem. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so a volume. It'll slow things down, but it's not going to make that much. All users will be fine. I'm not sure I'd even slow it down. You, you're just going to have China and the US going at each other's throats. So, I mean, it's going to get cheaper. Yeah. Um, so, labor shortages, uh, we've discussed that on whether, you know, there'd be a bait and switch. Um, defense contractors. So, European sales are going to rocket. Yeah. Uh, your US sales? Don't know. What is... Well, I mean, is it the same thing? Yeah, I mean, well, or, or or but but then the thing is, you know, does, does uh, well not. I think is, I, I would I would guess that um, most European ones are going to, you know, buy from as many European sources as they possibly can. Anyone, and then even and then you know, defer to say even South Korean or 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 Japanese suppliers a lot more before the you know preference those versus the US. Yeah. If you're in this sort of detente over, well, they do, they do have strong defence industries, um, despite being very weak, having very weak militaries. Oh, no, not all weak militaries. Like France is a very strong navy, British a little bit um, as well. Um, so I mean, there is some some legacy stuff there from the imperial area that could 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 be ramped up uh, relatively quickly. But so, so I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm getting to is European defence contractors get a tick, US ones get a, a question mark. They'll be strong in Europe. Um, they'll definitely get sales in Europe and, and increase that. Will there be a decrease in US military spending? I wouldn't think so, but but maybe. Mm. Hard to tell. The consumer, gosh, Trump. Yeah. yeah. It's that's a very contingent one, and forecast, um, you know, based on on how real his policies are, you know, like if they're legit and he's got power in the House and Senate, and he, you know, really does hammer the the Mexican border, then you know you you're gonna have both wages and and import goods pressures, but also repatriation. Supply chain pressures that might not be bad for the consumer, um, but that's a very contingent one on how how the um, the 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 uh, election shakes out. You got anything on that, uh, Marlon? Yeah, 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 consumer. I'm, I'm a little bit. Un- I was having to leave that for you. I'm gonna get a healthcare. <laughs> healthcare is the next one. I I haven't heard much from them about healthcare. I mean, last time they were all about we're repealing Obamacare and all that type of stuff. Then they got there and they realized, actually, we don't have anything better. So <laughs> we basically kept it. So, uh, I mean, I think they'll probably be slightly easier on the healthcare companies than than um, than the Bidens. So so there's sort of like a, a positive from that perspective for the healthcare sector. But yeah. I think they're probably going to avoid 
given given how much of a debacle it was last time, I think they probably avoid making too many promises in, in the healthcare sector and really just let that skate through. I would have thought. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You had anything on that? No, nothing much to add other than that, you know, if, if they're all nuts running stuff, then anything's possible. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's a broader was, overview for everything, isn't it? Is that it is. you've got no idea what's going to come, you know, a brain fart sometimes. There's a sort of risk that comes with Trump, I guess, is what we're saying, where you don't know. Where... And a sector risk in the East. Yeah. They just yeah, well, they're going to target health care. Umbrellas are a risk that can, you can open a hole on the umbrella anyway. Yes. The rain comes in. Um, I just want to make the point that during the last uh, Trump administration, when he applied, uh, uh, you may recall he initially uh, recruited Gary, who's his what's from Goldman to undertake his. Sorry? Gensler? No, it was Gary, what's that? Um, can't remember. Uh, who. who engineers his uh, corporate tax cut, uh, but subsequently resigned in horror when when Trump pivoted to China tariffs. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the China China tariff push by Trump was very negative for the stock market in the last cycle, um, and in the end he capitulated because Trump sort of sees the stock market as some measure of political. Uh, competence, and so the trial, the stock market forced him back to the table with China um, to renegotiate his tariffs, and so uh, it's possible that something like that would happen again. That said, we've got s- such a pace of capital moving out of China now and into the US that it might actually actually not even be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that might just accelerate and. You know, fuck China. <laughs> might might be market's conclusion, but I'm just saying that the last time the stock market did actually manage to contain some of the more outlandish Trump uh, pushes against China. Um, at this stage, you know, I'm still quite bullish on bonds. I, I think that the disinflation pulse in DMs is still underway in goods and increasingly in services, especially in Australia. Maybe that's colouring beyond the rest of the world, but. I, I think there's still a lot of embedded disinflation in the U.S. housing market, uh, and so I'm quite bullish on bonds. But if if Trump were to win, uh, and he were to deliver, you know, literally on his uh, prospective policies, then uh, that would definitely you know put bonds into the balance. Um, and keeping in mind that Aussie bonds, the long end of bonds, get priced. Largely off what's happening in the US, more so than what's happening in Australia. Um, because Trump is so inflationary in in his declarations. Now, whether that plays out, as we've discussed many times today, uh, is is the critical question. That said, um, now, now we've got AI is just this crazy thing going at the moment that's behind it, behind the stocks and... and uh, you know, to some extent, business investment increasingly, etc. And it's, uh, you know, if AI, if if they get on and out, the problems with AI rolling out in the way that Nvidia, for instance, last night talked about, where we've reached a tipping point where everybody wants into AI, according to Nvidia, and it's it's uh, it's profits would suggest it's not lying. 
And, and we've got a question as well about that uh, from Jude. He wants to uh, our take on the NVIDIA results, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Sure. Um, and, the, you know, yeah, uh, uh, a dramatic AI rollout that worked relatively efficiently would would work, obviously, against any Trump inflation, um, labor shortages, etc., coming from closing the border. Uh, and you, you know, you could have actually have Trump stimulus combined with deflationary AI to give yourself like a pretty kick-ass boom. Um, that said, flip it over, and like I've been playing around with AI, and, and um, it's it's um, well, it's not woke, but it's fairly progressive. <laughs> In its interpretation of stuff. Well, but, but uh, and when he says not woke, I mean, it, it is being, um, there, there's there's clearly examples that I've seen where they're basically going, well, we got, we, so you put in this and you got this answer that there was clearly not a woke answer. And so we need to program it so it doesn't give that answer. So, um, you know, and, and I guess you start with the whole Nazism bit about, okay, I put this in and all of a sudden I got back tenants on why I should become a Nazi. And then you're like, well, no, we can't have that. So we need to take that out. And it's not that far of a step to go, well, okay, well, therefore you can't be racist and therefore you can't be um, yeah, negative about yeah. trends. No, 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 no. You take the legs no, no, no. and you take step, 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 step. And so... Look, a lot of this is anecdotal and, and it's apocryphal. So it's, it's well, let's not say entirely worthless, but it's marginal. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, my said, like... <laughs> We work with Google every day at Macro Business, and I, I would say, I can say with some authority that the working with the Google algos, it there is a progressive value system work behind Google. Right uh, now, I used um, a Gemini today on some images and and just as an experiment things and uh, and you know like the base value system that was work was clearly worked. So I asked for 18th century images of Australian settlers and I got an, a, an indigenous guy who's clearly not a settler. He's been settled, in fact. I got a weird-looking, like, wrestler dude who was kind of like a mock, mock Australiana. I got a, I got a, a picture of a, an American slave cotton-picking woman and, and a Chinese lady and Chinese work in Australia in the 18th century. So I mean, the, the, there's a just that's just one example. Obviously, out of trillions, uh, the base values I think are progressive in these things, and they're going to work themselves out as these databases grow and get bigger and what have you. And it, the only point I want to make here is that there is a risk case in which Trump decides that AI is woke or progressive and against him. And so you might see antitrust shit come in under a Trump administration well, against AI. But, but also as well, like his base is, um, uh, you know, is like like it's your... Uh, or you, or you might, well, who are the guys who are breaking machines again? What's the, the Luddites? Yeah, Luddite. the Luddites who are out breaking machines. And, uh, you know, his base would probably welcome a, a little bit of Luddite-ness of, like, let's throw some sand in the gears and let's slow this stuff down and it's going to, you know, they, they took my job. Yeah. So, you know, that AI just, you know, replaced me at the wherever. You know, yeah, I mean, we don't know. That one's, uh, that one's up in the air. But, I mean, uh, it's not that difficult to see Trump attacking Silicon Valley over AI. Yes. Um, 
Uh, and finally, in Forex, uh, like if we take the Trump policies at face value, they're clearly strong dollar policies, but of course, he's all about a weak dollar. <laughs> so, so he'll be talking down the dollar whilst everything he does drives it up. Uh, and, um, you know, how that plays out, I guess, in the end, Matt, uh, is, is about whether his policies are actually deliberate, mm. whether they're declaratory rather than legit. Yes, well, that's that's probably, we're getting pretty close to the end, but that's probably a pretty pretty good place to end it, though, isn't it? Is it this whole thing comes down to how much of this is is um, is genuine policy that's going to change economic situation and how much of it is really just grist for the daily the daily Twitter mill and the daily, you know, whatever it is to keep running the news cycle and, and run this as a, as a reality TV show that's um, with the whole world as an audience. Yeah. He, he does need some more outrage. I mean, there's just, there's not, it's, it's pretty benign stuff versus his, uh, his first, first run. Yeah. Well, he's, he's raised the bar though. So, so far that, yeah, you know, it's, Said like but now yeah, I was maybe there's a you would... there's a criminal case with there's a criminal case about fraudulent payments. Oh sorry, hiding payments to to porn stars to hush up sex acts. Like that's and and it's it's like, well, we we said at the start, that eh, probably won't affect things too much. Whereas you know, it's a it seems to tell tell that to uh David from ten years ago. And uh Well I but I guess that's the point, isn't it? Like there's no free media coverage in that anymore. That's just like, okay, if you if you like uh, hookers and and um, you know the samey side of life, well, that's all good. Yeah. Like if you if you don't, well, it's you're not going to go there. But it's um, like uh, this may be a dated way of thinking about it, but I guess I'm just saying. Well, really, Trump got in last time. You know, riding a, a a wave of outrage that was, uh, you know, largely free and delivered by the mainstream press. Yeah, but he's got four court cases on that'll do the same thing. Well, that's true. Yeah. How can you know for this person he's a convicted criminal? Don't tell me what to do. I won't, <laughs> I'll vote for who I want to vote for, you know. So well, let me ask you, Davo, just to conclude. Okay. Do you think he gets in? No, I, I, I think uh, I think the forty-five is too high. I, I would say because if you said you're fifty, I, I think fifty-fifty whether this, um, I think it's fifty-fifty whether the court case goes through this, um, the main this main federal one goes through, um, and so in time, and so that on its own. I think will that that will be enough. I think to disqualify him because if that gets done and and before people are even voting and before that, you know, the whole as you're coming into thinking about who's voting, you know, they're talking about sentencing and he's appealing, you know, and, and that type of stuff. I think that will be that that's enough. So so then you go, okay, what what's the other fifty percent? And then I go, well, and then I think he's a fifty fifty pro- prospect, you know. So if that doesn't happen, I think he's a fifty fifty prospect at best on, on the other way. So that that you you multiply those odds out and and it comes down to. Yeah, a twenty-five percent chance of, of getting in. So I think I still think it's a reasonable chance, but I think the um well and having said that, um, you know, we will know within the next probably two weeks, but it could literally be like they could have already said it as we're talking with the Supreme Court decision. Like that'll that'll come out as to whether they're gonna let it delay it or not. And so, um 
I think that's that's the real critical one we need to be watching for over the next um, couple of weeks. Uh, and, and if that if they delay, then that then the odds jump quite significantly. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think he's a lower chance than the polls would suggest. Uh, I'm just very worried about Joe Biden's brain. Yes, that's that's uh, and it doesn't even. I, th- I think there's enough narrative out there. That it doesn't, you know, he he will have miss he will miss say things on the on the campaign trail without doubt, and he, and, the, and there is, I mean, every politician does, but now when he does, it will be within the narrative of he's going senile. Yeah. So, um, whereas you know, arguably Trump's showing more signs of going senile <laughs> relative to, uh, but but he's he's got the narrative. They've 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 been very successful at painting the narrative and the and and the false equivalences of, of you know uh, somebody took some documents home, so did he. Who cares? You know, um, you know they've been obviously using some of the the, the you know it's a very Russian um, process. Is you accuse your enemy of what you're doing yourself, but you make sure you get in first. And he's done that with the whole corruption. You know, the whole Biden corruption, corrupt, 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 and and that you know that actually genuinely looks like well. As of today, the 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 FBI is trying to is saying, you know, the person who that all came from got it from the got it from Russia, and but you know the, the narrative is out there, and that Biden's are corrupt, and and therefore you know, and the Trumps are corrupt as well. So who cares? It's all, yeah, you know, it's all false equivalents. So they've they've been very successful at it, and, and so it's it's hard to it's hard to write them off because they have, you know, the, the Trumps have been very good at uh, at dragging that into the mud and. And uh, people don't want people will just give up and not vote, which will play yeah. I think into his hands. But yeah, my 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 expectation is 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 no. Um, so yeah, actually, I'd put the I'd put the odds below twenty five percent. Actually, I'd I'd say if the Supreme decision court decision comes through and and does delay it, then I think the odds are forty percent, forty forty to forty five percent that he gets in. Um, but you know, with that on, you know, if it goes the other way, I think the odds drop quite dramatically. I think you're into the twenties. Yeah, you need well, you need something weird surprise to come out. If he loses, uh, where does they leave the Republican Party? I mean, it's it was decimated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That you would think at some point they will need to just go through and and sort of, but maybe maybe it leads them further down the rabbit hole. I don't know. That's which is you know obviously not good for. U.S. society, but um, I mean, the, the, the second thing is okay. What happens if Biden gets a second term? Uh, but there's a you know, do, do, does it just get all ramped up to to eleven now on on everything? You know, they just the do, do the Republicans double down on the whole? We're just going to resist everything and not do anything. Quite possibly. Um, but the flip side is, you know, may Trump's lost effectively besides the 2016 election, which. Um, you know, he and he didn't. He lost a popular vote then. Anyway, he's lost every election since. Um, is it possible that you know, with some of these court cases, that that the that um, the Dems end up getting uh, both houses plus the presidency? Uh, so that's a reasonable. That's probably as likely as Trump getting in. It is. Yes. Is it? I mean, that uh, that that's not exactly what happened, but this so-called red wave in the midterms uh, of just never eventuated at all. Yeah, uh, and and so you know we may end up with with uh, the side where there's um, there's pundits calling for this red wave that just doesn't exist. Mm. 
Yeah, well, and that's 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 to the point where you're like, well, what, you know, maybe maybe that's maybe we've gone on for long enough on this one, but maybe there's a topic for another one. Is what what would happen if Biden got both houses and and in, or, or Gavin Newsom gets it? You know, what's what does that mean for um for for the US economy? So, oh God, maybe we should do that next week. Because yeah. I mean, that's not unrealistic. No, I mean they are they are the Republicans really are rolling the dice. I guess is what we're saying. This this yeah. This, Sort of asymmetric outcomes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Very much so. And and it's, it's a, um, yeah, I would say they're they're betting on, they're, they're betting on a few things to break their way, and maybe the, you know a couple of scandals at the right time that, or at least you know they're probably preparing them. I guess so even if it's just the illusion of scandals, mm. um, is enough that yeah throw throw enough mud that whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, okay, well, good topic for. Uh, let's talk more about that next week. All righty. So with that, um, you know, for more content from Nucleus, uh, you can, um, yeah, we've got a number of different ways you can get that. Nucleuswealth.com uh, slash content. Have you got any thoughts for a suggestion for the show? This actually came from from Johan from last week. Thanks, Johan, for uh, the suggestion for the topic. It was a good one and timely. Um, so yeah, jump on and, and leave us some comments. Um, we're on a bunch of different social media as well as all major and minor podcast platforms, plus uh, obviously on YouTube. Uh, we're live on Thursdays at 12.30. If anyone does want to jump on and, and ask questions, uh, thanks for everyone who did, and we will see everyone next week.